so uh, I've got on the call with me today Jason Cup, um, former president of Planet. Uh, you're a former uh, high-end landscaper, um, man about town in Kansas City, and um, you and I have a have uh, regular calls that we do, and this is an, an opportunity to share publicly some of the things that we talk about, uh, some of the stories that we that we talk about, and um, I think share some of your stories from the field and some of your clients that you work with um, that allows the rest of the landscape industry to kind of realize that maybe some of the problems they're experiencing aren't unique to them and aren't intractable and, in fact, may have solutions. Um, so that's kind of my thinking as we as we put this podcast together um, in an attempt to kind of open up open people's uh, open up things for people and say you know a lot of the things that you're going through are not unique to your business and in fact many of the problems you have have been experienced for years and years and years by contractors all over the country. That sound sound about right? I think it sounds perfect. Cool. That sounds perfect. So I think. Um, I think one of the things we've been talking about recently is uh, someone you know um, uh, has been having a lot of problems uh, with their bank. Yeah, 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 they have. And and you know, first of all, Chuck, let me just say thank, thanks for thanks for having me on. I think you know, I I as as you might know, and people who are listening to this might know, I I ran a high end residential design build company for twenty three and a half years, and. Um, and man, I'll tell you, there were just times where uh, where our business was faced with stuff that I was scared about or embarrassed about or didn't know where I could go to in terms of resources. And so I think that for me, that's where you know this idea that you and I put together a couple of months ago is just to get on the phone and talk through some of those things that that might be a light bulb moment for you know somebody who's listening to it and might have a nugget in their for helping them realize that they're not alone, and that uh, and that you know bad things happen to awesome people and great businesses, and um, in you know in areas of the country that are as diverse as you know north to south and east and west, and um, and so I think that that's that's really the basis for my excitement about you know you and I chatting about this on a regular basis and trying to get that out to um, to those in the green industry that are interested in, in kind of listening to it. Because I just remember what an element of um, Discouragement and 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 desolation, almost, and you know, aloneness. It felt when my business was struggling with something, didn't know where to go, and, um, and also, you know, didn't necessarily, did not only didn't know where to go, but also like didn't know where to find resources, even outside of people I knew in the industry that could, um, you know, that could help me get through it. Yeah. So so I I do have. Um, I do have a, a client and who's also been a friend, um, a consulting client. I remember I was in, this was earlier this year, and uh, well, actually, let me rewind, because um, we actually had problems with this bank a year ago, or 18 months ago, and we received kind of a pretty friendly letter in the mail that basically said um, that this uh, that this company was out of what's called their covenant. So banks, banks insert into a lot of loan documents, and business owners don't know this. They don't even think about it, these things called covenants. And covenants mm -hmm. are all be all kinds of different things. It can be a credit rating. It can be an asset ratio. It can be um, it can be uh, a, a debt to income ratio. It can be balance sheet information. It could be uh, everything like filing your taxes on time. All this different kind of stuff. And if you ever don't do one of those things, technically they can almost like put you on probation with their quotes. Or if it's bad enough, they can call your loans. And most people know that terminology. Calling your loans is they come to you and say, listen, we are no longer interested in doing business with you, and we want you to pay off all of your loans within a very short period of time. It's, it's usually you know, as little as 30 days, maybe 90 days, and if you don't, then you're in default to the loan agreement. Uh, right. Technically, that by be, not meeting, pardon me, go ahead. That, that can be, that's sort of like the nuclear option for the bank, right? I mean, they just, they come in and they say 30 days or 60 days or whatever it is, you owe us X, everything else that you owe us, and, and we're done here, thank you very much. Good day. Um, that is correct. And I, I know I've talked to a lot of contractors, you know, like you said in the past few years, where that happened, and sure. uh, I think they, I think they were caught by surprise, or or maybe not, but they couldn't handle it. But so, so go ahead, keep. Yeah. You so know. what happened? So, so, 
so if we if we rewind just real quickly to about 18 months ago, my client received a letter in the mail from their lender, very friendly letter. It wasn't a mean letter whatsoever. Actually, it was via email. It was attached from the bank vice president or whoever originally cut the deal that just said, hey, just want to let you know your covenants aren't looking as they were when we originally took out this loan. Um, we're just making you aware of it. We want you to sign this uh, letter acknowledging that you recognize that your covenants are out of whack a little bit. Well, so of course, me being you know on this company's team as a consultant, I immediately get that letter forwarded to me, and I went mm -hmm. in and I actually researched which covenants they were out of. And I'm talking they were out of the covenant by a, by a shave. I mean, <laughs> I mean it was it was by almost nothing. It was like by like one or two tenths of a point, and I. Um, I, I recognized the way that the bank came up with that, and we just monitored it. And then what we did is, is we became proactive with the bank and started to communicate to them what those covenants were on a regular basis to let them know that we were really working on fixing that. And we're talking this is a very minute incremental element. I don't want to get into the weeds on it, but just know they were out of their covenant, but they were out of their covenant by a very teeny tiny little amount. It was not something to be panicked about whatsoever. And the bank didn't panic. It was this very kind kind of, hey, we're letting you know this, please sign off that you recognize you're out of your covenants, here's the way we came up with it, boom, that was the end of the story. Mm -hmm. More like a, we, like a heads up. Yeah, I mean, almost it, it, like... First pass. As, yeah, I mean, as frustrating as it was for this business owner to know that he was gently and gingerly put on notice, um, under the same token... You know, it allowed us, honestly, it allowed us to make some changes in the business. And, and you know, by bringing that to our attention, we, we then worked really diligently on looking at gross profit margin on some of the services that were being offered and the way we were marketing, you know, maybe services that weren't as profitable as the services that were really profitable. And it allowed us to put into a, a, a plan to, to really try to change some of those numbers by the way that we manage the business. So that's the great news is, is that that kind, you know, gingerly letter allowed us to look at the business. And i got to tell you, we did it. And, um, and I have been shocked and excited and just enthusiastic at the way that these, because one of the things I do with most clients is I do a monthly review on financials. So I'm seeing those numbers. Well, now knowing what the bank was looking at, we were running those ratios every single month. We were watching them improve drastically. We were watching the company be more profitable. We were watching um, uh, cash flow become more positive. We were watching our receivables aging go down, our payables aging go down. We were seeing ourselves reduce some debt. I mean, we were really feeling awesome about where this company was. In fact, I was in, in, uh, in a face-to-face in a -face site visit um, mid this year. I was just ecstatic. Chuck, I, I was just—I was really excited about it because any business owner, anybody that's listening to this right now, they know what it's like to be faced with some challenges. They also sure. know what it's like that if they don't—if they don't—if they don't, you know, go run the race, then their business is going to, you know, ultimately suffer. But those that run the race, boy, what a great feeling! Yeah, it's really painful to run the race, and you, you know, me, it's like I—I'm always in that perpetual. I need to lose twenty or thirty pounds, so I try to run, and I hate doing it. But then afterwards, I feel really great about it. It's that same element. You run the sure. race. You feel good about it, and I mean, I'm sure you could sit there and throw out examples from people you talk to all the time related to the Lawn and Landscape magazine that would, you know, further support that as well. Right, right, and I think it's got to be very rewarding, especially, um, especially for an owner and you there as a as a consultant and advisor to to look at that and actually see to be able to see the change. Just like when you're running, it's great to to have run the race, but also to you know you feel better, and then you can see over time that you're you're healthier and you're losing weight. You know, you're you're able to see that cash flow increase, and you're able to see physical and financial changes in the way the business is running. And like, oh, okay, hey, this right. is working. You know, sure. Like, and then, we're not just spinning our wheels anymore. Totally, and that's exactly where we were. And there was a lot of enthusiasm going in. We, we did a we did a mid year look at, at our numbers, so that would have been you know in July. And we're just really excited. I mean, you know, watching watching our cost of goods sold percentages go down, watching us really toe the line with uh, with our overhead, watching uh, top line numbers increase in the right categories, places where we were making more money. I mean, we really felt really great about where we were, and we were also um, proud of the fact that we thought that we had taken this small little nugget the previous year that we got from the bank, and we had turned it into something that was really positive. So we were, you know, we were pretty proud of ourselves, quite frankly. And this client was, you know, really enthusiastic about this entire element. And then we got another letter in the mail, almost one year 
to the date of when we received the first letter, and this letter was not nearly as kind. It, it, in hmm. fact, it was, um, it was I, I call it, you know, and I'm not in the banking business, but I certainly have seen these letters, and I certainly deal with them with clients all the time because, you know, as I've told you, I mean, one part of my business that I can't really talk about that much is the crisis management is the, you know, when people say I disappear off of social media, it's usually because I'm solving with a major problem that I can't even let anybody know where I'm at. And that really stinks sure. because the industry needs to hear that. Because I jump on a plane early in the morning and I go help solve, help the business owner solve a problem and I just have to kind of slide back into life and business and not really, um, I can't really tell that story, which is part of the reason why, you know, you and I created, you know, this, this conversation. So this letter... Right that we received this past August was um, uh, was was what I would call a, a soft calling of the loans. That the bank called the loans, but they didn't call it that, and it was soft. Basically, they um, they they told the owner once again that they were out of their covenants. Um, that was not the knowledge that I had based on the numbers that I had been running, um, and 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 they were out of their covenants. And the bank has made the hard decision that they needed to substantially pay down their loans by December the first, um, and they wanted them to sign off on that that they would pay down I mean, substantially. I mean, you know, a, a pretty a, a pretty healthy number, a number mm -hmm. that quite frankly we could we could have figured out. They didn't want all the loans paid off. Um, th th there was you know just to give those that are listening some perspective. There was a heavily collateralized real estate loan for the facility. There was a, a term loan that was also heavily collateralized by vehicles and equipment. And there was a line of credit uh, that was you know, collateralized by everything else in the business plus the accounts receivable. Well, they, they mm -hmm. wanted the, um, the line of credit, which in this size business, quite frankly, was a relatively small line of credit. They wanted that line of credit to be paid down um, almost in half. And they wanted that to happen within a relatively short period of time by December the first of this year, just a week from you know we're recording this in late November. I'm not sure when it's going to hit the you know hit the stands, but I mean, there's a week from now. They had this element where they had to pay those loans down, and we could have figured that amount out, quite frankly, Chuck. But it yeah. really made us think twice about this letter, and it also confused me because I'll never forget sitting with another client in Washington D.C. Um, this client's not in Washington, D.C., but I remember I was sitting out on their back porch on a Friday afternoon. We were actually in a strategy meeting, and I get a text message that I always hate, but I always love. It says, can you talk ASAP? And it was from this client. He had just received the letter via email. So, of course, I, you know, I, I, I got up and, you know, anytime a client sends me that, as long as I'm not on an airplane and I get the text message, I try to exit myself out as quickly as possible, go out and take the call and realize that, you know, we had received this, you know, soft calling of the notes letter. Um, and... You know, I said immediately, I go, you need to scan it over to me and send it to my email for me to review it. And at first blush, I go, this isn't right. These ratios that they have in there, these covenants, they're, they're wrong. Um, and so I, I immediately asked my client to send over all the most current financials and send over the worksheets that we had done to calculate the ratios. Um, on my plane um, home the next morning, uh, on that Saturday morning, I, uh, I spent the entire plane ride back to Kansas City from Washington, D.C., about a three-hour flight. Um, running all of those ratios again, and the numbers that I came up were different from the numbers that the bank came up with. So I was becoming even more frustrated because they made mm -hmm. this decision, sent the client a nasty gram saying that um, that you know these ratios were wrong and we're basically soft calling your loans. You got to pay down a sizable amount um, before December first. So what I did was is I I literally I I, I had a client send an email to the banker on Monday morning and say, thank you so much for the letter. You know, obviously very positive. You know, we've been working really hard. This comes as a surprise to us. Um, can you please send over the way that you calculated the ratios? Because all they put in the letter was the ratio itself. And so, you know, right. you get a nice email back, of course. Yeah, so they sent over the spreadsheet, the way, which I took. I took and I plugged in all of the information into the spreadsheet that were directly out of the tax returns, that were directly out of the financial statements, and I came up again with a grossly different number because I thought, well, maybe I'm calculating it wrong. Maybe I did miss. Maybe I misunderstood it. And so then uh -huh. we sent we sent that worksheet, my worksheet, back and said, and it, and what we did was is we 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 put the column that they had, and then we put our column next to that, and the numbers were grossly different, which would have put us within our covenants. Yeah. Um, now, the, as, the as much as as much as you can as much as you can say, can, how long? So, so the 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 note was being uh, the sort of soft calling of the of the loan w was on December first. How long from the initial 
that initial letter or that that second letter, I guess, to December first, did the company have to sort this out? Was this I'm like a couple weeks or was this um, a couple months? No, I'm guessing we had a couple of months. This was we received that letter. I'm going to guess in in the month of August would be my guess. Okay, so still a, a, a short horizon on that. And um, again, as much as you can say, how much money are we talking? Are we talking like upper five figures? You know, mid, what are we mid 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 five figures? Okay, so it's a significant chunk of change. You're not just going to kind of pull it out of the couch and. And, and send that down to the bank. Right, you're not going to get that in a Friday deposit. I mean, you're going to have to go borrow that or 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 uh, erode your company's finances to, to be able to come up with that type of cash in, in this size right. business. Yeah, in this size okay. business, for sure. So so you send you send your figures and the bank's figures back to the bank to say, uh, what's going on? Hey, we have different numbers. You know, I mean, and, yeah. not, and again, we're being nice at this point. We're like, hey, you know, we we appreciate you bringing this to our attention. Here's we've run these numbers, and this was the bank's response. I, I kid you not, I don't have the email up, and nor would I actually read the verbatim email. But the bank's response was pretty much like, we disagree. Please sign this letter, or we're going to call the loans. I mean, that was. I mean, it was a basically that abrasive, and we're in shock, kind of. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, it, it it did. It felt very upper-handed. It felt very confusing and conflicting. We didn't get it. We were we were confused, and you know. So then you know we, we kind of volleyed back again and said, okay, hey, maybe maybe we we're not making ourselves clear. We're you know we're basing this on actual information. And what it was is is that when banks run these ratios, certain ratios, they include principal and interest payments in loans, and they apply those uh, in different categories to figure out what. The um, the ability to service the note is essentially it's way too complicated of a of a um, of a uh, whatever it's called a uh, what do you call it when you of a, a computation it's way too complicated of a computation for me to go through all the details here. Well, what they had done was, I, and I'm not even kidding you, I I had the email from a bank vice president of a large bank that said we summarized those amounts because we did not have the actual amounts because they were summarizing loans that they didn't have like through. Uh, you know, GMAC or through, you know, some other credit company that wasn't that bank. So they summarized, they summarized the principal and interest distributions on those payments, which is the reason why the ratios did not come out right. So they didn't even operating with exact data. They guessed. They so they were, they were, they admitted to. They were guessing on, on what, on, on, on what the numbers were. And this Correct. isn't like bank, bank of the Cayman Islands. This isn't like uh, like like a bank no. that uh, like a check cashing place. This is like a legit <laughs> FDIC insured right. bank. Y yes, that anyone within a hundred, two hundred miles of this of this city would recognize this bank. It's a big bank. It's not a small right. bank. It's not a community bank. It's not a bank where you go in and you shake hands to get money. It's a well-run, or I or I thought well-run. A bank that that you know that had astute numbers people, but I mean, side note, side note, I I deal with a lot of banks, I deal with a lot of people's financials, and I'm often shocked at the fact that banks do not know how to add and subtract. I'm not even kidding you. I, I really am not even kidding you. I always want to look at the spreads when banks uh, either. Well, if a bank denies a loan, I want to look at the spreads on how they come up with it because usually I'll I'll find an error in the spreadsheet. Frankly, sure. Well, I mean, it's you know, I mean, no offense to any bankers on uh, listening now, but I mean, you get to sit inside, it's air conditioned, uh, they got free suckers. It seems like a pretty nice gig. Um, so maybe for sure, yeah. Maybe maybe they're not attracting yeah. the best talent, but anyway. Yeah, so no doubt. so they so the arithmetic was bad. So they yeah. So they basically came back and said, "Thank you for bringing this. You know, not thank you for bringing this petition. They never admitted it. They said we still want sure. you to sign this letter. We still want you to pay this loan down by this amount." by December 1st. So then we had to make the hard decision of what are we going to do? Are we going to come up with the money that they wanted and continue to play in the playground with a kid that doesn't like us? Because that's what they were saying, is we were all on the playground together. We've been a great partner with one another. And by the way, Chuck, I, I cannot amplify to you enough. Never missed a loan payment, not one day late, ever. Never overdrew a bank account, never. Never missed yeah. a payment to any other person, never. Perfect credit, well capitalized. Um, you'd walk through the lot of this of this client, and you'd see a whole bunch of brand new trucks. Some of them were paid off. I mean, they, mm -hmm. th 
it was not logical, okay? I mean, yeah, this ratio was teetering. It was teetering, but we had fixed it, and we had communicated with the bank how we had fixed it, which is shocking to me even today. But more of a, it sounds to me from the outside here, like more of a, a, a letter of the law, maybe not the spirit of the law, that yes, technically the way you added these up, the, the numbers are not within the ranges that you specified, but it sounds like for a bank, they're the, a good customer. They borrow a lot of money, and they pay it back on time, um, and they are likely interested in continuing to borrow money. Sure. You, know, you, you, definitely, you definitely would... Um, would think that you definitely would think that for sure. So we had some uh, we had some strategy discussions. We were really trying to figure out what to do. And I got to tell you, when you think you're losing your financing in any business, I don't care if that's a ten thousand dollars something or a hundred thousand dollars something or a million dollars something, that's going to dang cost that owner some sleepless nights. And sure. my my client and my friend really didn't know what to do. I mean, feeling unbankable feeling beat up, feeling what am I going to do, feeling I'm going to probably have to pull equity out of my home, uh, which is something as a last resort, you know, to pay this off. I have to borrow money from friends and family. I don't know what I'm going to do to do this, but I know right. that I've made some massive differences in my business this year to become more profitable and to solve some of these concerns that we had and have done it and, and, and saw it and was seeing it in all these other different metrics of the business that it was becoming healthier and healthier and healthier. So we did make the decision. We signed the letter because I said, listen, we're going to sign this letter because that gives us, you know, three months or four months to refinance the company, which is where my gut was. I said, we need to find a new partner because, you know, we're, we're mad at one another in the playground. We're forced to stay in the playground because the teacher says we have to be in the playground together, but we're mad at one another, and so we need to find some new kids to put in the playground. So we signed the letter reluctantly. We reluctantly yeah. signed the letter to say we will pay this amount down. And we knew plan B was to take the money out of the house. We knew plan C was to, you know, was to maybe slow pay some vendors or something like that. We knew plan D was to find the money through family. We knew we had a lot of different ways to do it, but that's not what we wanted to do because we needed to kick this, this kid out of the playground. Mm -hmm. um, and, so, and so ultimately what we ended up, doing was we um, we identified who we wanted in a lender. We identified some traits and some characteristics that we thought would be really good for this business, and we put them on a T-chart, pros and cons, and then we took that T-chart and we went out and we did research on banks in the area, and we had certain criteria like distance from the office and what type of uh, website they provide to you know what their uh, borrowing limits were based on you know who the person was. You know, bankers can let you borrow up to 200 or 500 or a million bucks usually are the three numbers without having to go to loan approval. Not that we wanted to do that, but we knew that time was of the essence. We couldn't get into a situation where we were playing with trying to get approval. We needed to get this, this company um, refinanced, and we needed to do it well in advance of December the 1st. So what yeah. we did was is, um, is we created a packet, um, a packet that, frankly, I'm very proud that my client put together. I certainly helped them with it. But we put a packet together, and we, um, we were very honest about the bruises and the skinning of the needs that we've had in the business throughout the economic crisis. But we were also very honest about what we did to fix them. And, and, and we created a packet that had lots of information. that had all of the typical stuff that you need, tax returns and P&Ls and balance sheets. But then we also showed them things like the changes in our gross profit margin. We also showed them the things that we did to reduce overhead. We also changed, mm -hmm. showed them the things that, that, we, that we had done to you know, preserve you know, assets that normally would have been replaced in a, you know, in, a capital, in a business that had a little bit more capital. But instead, we repainted things and rebuilt things you know, for thousands of dollars versus tens of thousands of dollars in purchasing new. And we showed them that, and, we, and then we invited them to our facility. Rather than go to them, which is what a lot of business owners do, they walk into the bank and they beg to borrow money. We actually said, we are choosing seven people to come interview us. I can't remember if it was seven or nine. Um, and, and, and we're interested in creating a new financial partner. We've got a packet of information. We'd like you to come out, tour our facility, and, uh, and see who we are and what we do. We'd like to share with you our challenges, share with you our opportunities, and discuss what it would be like to do business together. And we did that, we did that seven or nine times. And so gonna, uh, it was you, magical. You kind of took you took the you took the tradition maybe traditional or um, stereotypical approach of uh, the landscaper going hat in hand to say I really need some money it's an emergency please help to 
saying you to creating almost some competition saying here's here's all the stuff yes. that we have going on here's here's our potential you're almost you're, you're selling yourself or the, the client is selling his business to say you know here's here's the money uh, you can make working with me you know here's where we're going to be um, you know who wants who's going to be the best uh, yeah exactly that's exactly I think that's, we, I think it's inspired we, I think that's great and we flipped it upside down where we said come to us because we want to show you because what I wanted them to see because if they were going to, you know, most banks will spread three or four years in the past. Well, we knew that our, you know, the, the name of this podcast, Skeleton in the Closet, we knew we were going to be exposed. We knew that we had a couple of really rough years. We knew that. Sure. We weren't ignoring it. We weren't, I mean, we're, I, I only work with integrity-based business owners, so I knew that the numbers were, were legit. And, and But yet, I, I also wanted to reveal them. So we wanted, to, we wanted them to see who they were dealing with as a company and see the sure. fact that even though we were faced with some adversity, which we're really open to admit, and by the way, you're going to see that in the numbers, um, that, that this is what we've done to fix that. And and you know what? It was really amazing what ended up happening. There were some banks that absolutely did, that we were not a good fit, whether it meant that you know they walked in with the suit on or they didn't provide all of the different check marks that we had, or they were just uncomfortable because we had had a couple of bad years. And there's some sure. conservative banks that are like that. There's even some liberal banks that are like that as well. They're like, yeah, you know what? We see some things that maybe we don't like in there. We're not, even though that was in 2009 or 2010 or 2008, I don't remember the exact numbers. We're not interested in that. But then we had a handful of them that were so excited about what we had done as a business. We were, they were so excited about the change that we made. They were so excited about what the interim 2013 numbers looked like. There were a couple of them that were so excited about 2013 numbers, but really wanted to see the end of 2013 to see if we were able to sustain it. Um, and so they mm -hmm. said, hey, you know what, we're not a good fit. So we had like one-third, one-third, one-third. One-third said, we're not interested. We had one-third that said, hey, you know what, we really like what you've done. We really like you. We think you're a good fit for our bank, but we really want to see the way 2013 ends up. We want to see a tax return. You know, We wouldn't be able to do this deal until the first quarter of 2014. Then we had the last third that was like, we like you. We like what you've done. We are interested in doing business with you. They immediately, immediately issued um, uh, approval letters with terms get this, that were better than what we had with our existing lender that we had the soft calling for. A better interest right. rate, better terms, better repayment, uh, uh, better, uh, better covenants, quite frankly. Um, mm -hmm. and, and, it was, and it was magical, Chuck, because what ended up happening was is that is I'll never forget you know, when my client closed on those loans, just the rejoice that it was and the, the fact that they, they it, it re kindled them in a script. They felt like they had been working so hard and then just got slapped in the face a couple of times, you know, got into a mm -hmm. fight. And uh, and and it was it was really, really magical. So we, we were able to we were able it wasn't easy. I will tell you it was not easy because because but what was easy about it was us having integrity and honesty in the entire transaction and letting people know exactly what was going on and sharing that with them. And that is something that was really, really powerful in this. And so we were able to refinance the loans um, there, there's a couple of other tragic things that happened after that, uh, which I still can't even believe to this day. Um, we, we refinanced the loans uh, and we closed on the loans, and then two or three days later, uh, the money was wired to you know the lender, paying off, paying off all of our loans in full. And um, that lender actually had the audacity to call up my client and say, "Whoa, what are you guys doing?" Why did you just take all your business away from the bank? Because not only did we take that, we took the merchant account, we took, we took the deposit accounts, we took, we took the personal money. There was personal money that the, the, that the owner had in the bank. We, we took it all. Sure, we sure. We took it all. It was gone. You took Goodbye. your ball and you oh, went really? home. That's right. We kicked you off the playground. You got kicked out of the school. And sure. they got defensive. They said, why did you do that? If we knew that you wanted to refinance, we would have talked to you about that. And we're like, what? I mean, seriously, did you guys take your, your bipolar medicine? Sorry, I probably shouldn't say that. I mean, did you guys really take your reality pill? Because I, I was shocked. I was shocked is this, when this bank... Is this, like a, is this like a right-hand, left-hand thing? Like like someone who was servicing the loan for your client initially was like was, was like was just looking like a computer at the numbers and said, well, these X, Y, and Z are out of kilter. Therefore, we have to send you a letter, and therefore, you have to pay us some money. And then, like his or her boss, you know, then sees all this money, all these accounts disappear on the next report, and says, "Whoa, whoa, hold on, 
is that is that what happened here, or are they just like you said, are they just not really perceiving reality accurately? I don't know. I don't know. I never got I never got the true answer. That I have a I have a, I have a hunch, which I'll tell you at the end of, of the story. I have a hunch that I that I, I, I think that I know what ended up happening. There may be a little more happening here for sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Exactly. And uh, so you pull they, and, they pull all their money. They pull all their money. So they, they pull go, all their money. The bank gets defensive. They say, "Why didn't you guys talk to this? We didn't. We just wanted you to reduce our debt with us. We didn't want you to, you know, leave the bank. That's not what we were saying." And so um, we were confused. They, you know, we didn't understand it. But you know, we were also very happy with our new lender. Very pleased. Very excited. The recapitalization of our business allowed us to, you know, reduce our overhead even further. Have better terms. Be with a banker that really likes us. That really is in our game, and you know, fits us more culturally. Um, and is excited and eager to do business with us. Um, so that would have been on a Tuesday or a Wednesday. I think we received, uh, you know, at, right after we had refinanced the loans, and we had um, we had we had a loan payment that was due the following week. It was due okay. the following week, uh, and we we still we were in the process. We pulled the majority of the dollars from the operating account that was at that bank, but we still had direct deposits that were going in there and EFTs and all that kind of stuff. So we had some cash in that bank. We had about ten mm -hmm. grand in that bank, I believe. And not only did the bank after the loan was paid off, the loan was paid off to zero. Not only mm -hmm. did they take one payment the following week, they took two payments the following week out of our operating account and um <laughs> And so they not only got paid off by a wire transfer in from the new lender, they also decided they were just going to take two extra payments because that's what they thought they were going to do. <laughs> uh, that's awful. So, the, right. so your client, get, get, uh, what's your recourse there? You, you call them up and say, hey, hold on. You already got oh, your yeah, money. No, it, it, yeah, no, I mean, it became, frankly, it became almost, I mean, that's when it became, you know, a fight that we were, you know, we were, we were punching at one another. Because it's like, really, not only do you guys send us the letter, not only do we refinance, which is ultimately kind of what we thought you wanted us to do, get out of the bank, not only do you confront us about that, but you take more money to the tune of, I mean, we're talking like, like lots of money. Um, you take a lot more than what we owe you, and then we have to fight you. I mean, it, it was a it was a short fight. Trust me, they realized they messed up, and the money was back into our account within a couple of days. But still, still, the yeah, I mean, face is unbelievable. Right, and I think, you know, I, I have a couple follow up questions about this, but I think, uh, in that situation, you almost even if it was a genuine mistake or a computer error or a clerical error, uh, you know, you think. Like, come on! You've already you've already put me through all this all this stress over the past quarter, all these past few months, and you know clearly cash flow is important to most landscape contractors, and it's a tenuous situation for most companies. You know, absolutely. And now you're now you're taking a couple bags of money out of my account that I that I may need tomorrow. You know, depending on what's going on. Uh, so it almost it would almost feel person it feels very personal at that point. Um, I would imagine. Sure. Um, yeah. And I think I think too. You know, and I've. I've uh, I've never run a business certainly, uh, but I've you know even when I go to the bank, uh, get a mortgage or get a loan or, or try to do some some work on the house, you know it's it's a very personal thing. It's very much a a judgment call. You know here's here's how I exist to you in terms of numbers, and you're telling me whether I uh, whether I'm going to be found wanting or not. Um, Correct. And if the bank yeah. if the bank says says no thank you, it's it's a bit deflating. Um, and then for a business owner, I can imagine it's a bit scary to to think well. Shit! Now, now, what am I going to do now? Um, right. Yeah. So yeah, you're exactly correct. We had um, in uh, in last month's issue, we had um, Aaron over at High Grove Partners, who, to be fair, is not the company we're talking about right now. But we had um, she's the CFO there, and we had her kind of write up a piece on on how to shop for a bank, which I thought was mm -hmm. was a very interesting um, practical guide to to what you I think what you pretty much what your client. Did what you guys did together is say, uh, you know, put together this information and 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 shop it around and say, here's who we are. We're looking for the best fit, just like you would be interviewing account managers or salespeople or anybody else. You want to make sure the person you're working with uh, externally is going to work is going to work well with you. And I think I, my question for this uh, for this story is, at any point. Did your client or the bank pick up the phone and call them up and say, "Hey, hey, Jim, you know what's going on? What does this mean? What's let's let's just talk about this and, and figure out what's going on." 
did did that happen? And follow up, was the relationship good enough or at a level where that could have happened? Um, yeah, I, I, you know what? I, I I don't know the answer to that question. I, I really don't know the answer to both of those questions that you that you asked. Um, I think that. You know, obviously the relationship took a you know took a turn to the other direction. You know, I mean, obviously mm -hmm. that's that's the case. Um, yeah, I don't I don't I don't know for sure, Chuck. I mean, it, it was such a fast moving, crazy, knock my head up against the wall because none of it was logical throughout the entire you know ordeal that mm -hmm. um, that I I'm not exactly I'm not exactly for sure. But I mean, clearly, uh, it wasn't it was. When your client got that letter, his first reaction was not to pick up the phone and call that VP at the bank and say, "Hey, whoa, what's going on?" You know, not in an aggressive no, way, but just to say, um, "This is a surprise to me. Why, why did you send this letter?" Um, well, y y y yes. I mean, his first call was to me. I mean, he he. Right. I mean, you know, he got the letter and immediately texted me when I was sitting there in that other client meeting in D.C. and said, "I need to talk to you ASAP. Are you available?" Then right. we then crafted what that communication back was going to be to the bank and saying, hey, this is different from what we know. Can you come up and tell us? And that's when we got the spreadsheet back of the way that they figured it. That's when we learned that they summarized and guessed on, on the, the, you know, the, uh, the interest in principal splits. So we did have the relationship to ask him that question. I mean, I don't mm -hmm. think that my client – I'm a guy who I learned well – that you put almost all of those potentially difficult conversations into writing, so we did it all via email. That's um, true. That's and I will, and, and I, and, and I will tell you. So we didn't call them ever, but I will tell you that we did when the whole situation came up, when the defensiveness occurred, and when they they wiped those two payments out of the bank. And we did we did contact the bank president, and we did tell the bank president uh, that. Um, you know our frustration with it, and the bank president seemed you know shocked and surprised, and you know apologized profusely. Asked if there was anything we could do. When I mean, we kind of got you know a, a soft "we're sorry" out of it, but you know who who knows? And that bank president, after that conversation, has been MIA and has not communicated with us anymore about you know small little things like us getting the UCC filing dropped and getting some titles back to some vehicles or some trailers. That bank president has been completely hands-off and has kind of moved that to somebody else because I'm, I don't know if that's an element of embarrassment or I don't know if that's an element of, uh, that's just the way we are right now. But I'll tell you, you know, I, I told you that I was going to tell you the reason why I think this happened. Yeah. You know, the whole, the whole time I think my client really felt that his business was, was messed up. And, and, and as I've shared, I mean, you know, we were working through some concerns, but nothing mission critical. And from my perspective, as I was watching those ratios and profitability improve, I knew that he hadn't done anything wrong or anything like that. Well, it was about a month ago, so this would have been, you know, maybe a month after we refinanced the, the, the company. I was with another client, and they were sharing with me their problems with their lender. And I was, mm -hmm. um, I was, uh, and I got on my laptop and I did a Google search for their lender, for, for the lender that they had, because I wasn't familiar with that bank. It was a really small bank. And what came up when I Google searched that bank was a list of 100 banks across the country that were supposedly on the FDIC watch list. So the FDIC hmm. watch list would be a list of banks that the FDIC has identified as undercapitalized or not profitable enough or has poor leadership or have, have problem loans, all these different things that go on. To, it's on the FDIC watch list, and that means that they might, if they don't get those things solved, they might uh, be seized by the FDIC and converted into another institution that would be stronger financially. Well, mm -hmm. I, I got to thinking that some of the banks that I have had these hard conversations with, including this one, might be on that list. Sure as anything, they were on that list. Um, ah. And I, 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 I sent my client that, that, that PDF and I said, hey, I just want to let you know their number whatever on this list. Um, and uh, and I go, this might explain a lot. Yeah, this might explain a lot. You could have an FDIC guy saying in there, you got to get out of all. And I've heard this before. You got to get out of all of the sick codes that are uh, related to construction or related mm. to this industry or whatever, because they could have had a home builder down the street go out of business and leave them hanging for ten million bucks. And the sick code for landscape contractors is is close enough to home builders right. and, and construction that that could right. be. That could be the reason why. Now, we don't know that for sure, and we certainly didn't confront them about that. But I'm convinced, as I look at this situation, Chuck, and I realize the errors that were made. We're not talking just one error. We're talking multiple errors. We're talking a half dozen errors in this entire deal that mm -hmm. um, 
that I think that that bank maybe was unable or incapable of doing business with my client and was trying to find a gingerly way to exit out of the relationship without actually calling the loans because I've been with clients before that have had their loans called and they had every single right to have those loans called. Every single right. <laughs> you know, yeah. lots of massive <laughs> changes in the business. Sure. And, and this, was, this wasn't one of them. This wasn't one mm -hmm. of them. So I go back on it and I find, I find comfort in knowing that I really don't think that we did anything wrong. Now here's, here's, the end, here's the end of the story. And this is just an ironic element, you know, um, that happened just earlier this week is I received an email from this client and just said, um, and the, the subject said excited. It was real early in the morning, maybe 5 or 6 o'clock in the morning. Um, and, uh, and I opened the email, and that email was, I've never been this excited about um, the, my, my cash plus accounts receivable minus my, um, uh, my accounts payable and my line of credit ever in the history of my business because the numbers were so drastically different from where he had been playing in the whole element. He's made such a change agent in his business. And, you know, and, and all of these things that he's done, including finding a new lender, contributed to that. And I was just so excited and so proud of him. I, I was thinking, oh, it's the week of Thanksgiving. What a great Thanksgiving gift for this contractor sure. who rolled his sleeves up, got his boots dirty, and did every single thing that he could to run his business in a better and more dynamic way and change along with all of this junk that he was going through. He, he overcame it. Now, that's the snapshot, you know, in November of 2013. My hope and my desire is that's going to continue into 2014. There's no, any, there's no indication whatsoever that it's not. But what a fun, fun, fun story that, you know, you go from sleepless nights to adversity to thinking your loans are going down the hill, dealing with a poor banker, having a great partner and a great banker, who, um, and you're watching your finances just continue to improve as a result of all of these changes. That's what I want people that are listening to this podcast to recognize, is that I have not experienced one thing in my life, Chuck, not one thing, both personally or privately or corporately or with clients that I've had, that the adversity that we go through and we power through it, that we're not better on the other side. We're not better on the other side. It always exactly. happens that way. Exactly. And I think, you know, I wrote about this in a, in a column a couple months ago that, you know, uh, uh, talking about, you know, people calling themselves landscapers or people calling themselves certified landscape professionals or whatever you, whatever you call yourself sure. at the end of the yeah. day. Um, and it's that I think, I think landscapers especially are, are, are doers. You know, it's, it's very much a roller sleeves up industry. And every owner to a person that I've ever met in this industry is engaged in the business and likes to get up in the morning and go do it. You know, there, you don't have a lot of absentee owners or, or you guys who just like to sit in the office and let everybody else get, get dirty. They like to get in the truck and they like to move things around and they like to go get stuff done. And sure. I think, I think, you know, from, from sitting listening to this story, I, what I take away is, you know, you're, you're faced with this, this very challenging problem, this very kind of intractable problem where the lifeblood of your, of your business, your financing, is threatened, and mm -hmm. to many right. owners, it may right. be the first reaction may be to freeze and to you know if it's something they don't understand. If if uh, if you know point two, if they don't if they're not people who necessarily get excited about those kind of ratios, I mean there are a lot of owners who get excited about plants and designs and trucks and mowers and and water, right. which are which are all That's great right. things to be excited about, but they just don't get as excited about did I make any money at the end of the month. Um, to have an owner who gets excited about those numbers, I think, is, is a great step in the right direction, but also to think that your, the reaction was, okay, okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to work on this and, and get a plan in place and execute it. And I think that, to me, that's the, that's the lesson to take away, that even if you're faced with this, with this seemingly impossible mountain to scale, that you at least give it a shot. And I think, you know, from our from our many conversations, that's that's what I take away. You know, you you tell me these stories from guys in the field that are faced with these terrible problems, and to a person, maybe because they're working with you, they they're able to say, okay, all right, we can fix this, we can try. And I think most of the time it works. Sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes, you know, I guess we'll see. But um, here, at least specifically, like you said, on the other side, things are so much better. Yeah, they really are, and 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 you know, and and, and by the way, I've also conversely worked with people that kind of just you know the the um, 
and you know we'll probably maybe talk about that in another episode of this. You know, it's just folks that just really get beat up by you know the adversity of business. But I'm telling you, if any business owner says that their business is perfect and their profitability is perfect and your people are perfect and their operations are perfect and their sales are perfect and their finances are perfect, they are absolutely lying. And I'm sorry, I hate to say that. Absolutely. But businesses, and you and I have talked about that so much, Chuck, because our conversations, as you alluded to in the very beginning, we have, you know, kind of a private, you know, conversation once a month or, or you know, or as often as we can with our travel schedules. But we, we always have those elements, those stories that we tell. And I think that lives in both the heart of me and the heart of you that, that you know, we become closer to perfect. We're never going to be perfect, but we as business owners and managers and leaders and communicators become closer to perfect when we expose the fact that we're not perfect. I mean, it's sort of common life element. And, and sure. so I love, I love, I love it. I hate it and I love it. It's a very bittersweet phone call, text message, email. When I get that message from somebody that, that that's the junk they're going through because it means that I have to go into crisis management and it means that I have to go in and try to solve the problem for it. But I always love, love, love what that business owner goes through on the backside of it. I really mm -hmm. absolutely, you know, just just cherish it. And I think in a future installment, I'm thinking of a story I want to I want to I want to tell everybody about a business owner who's been faced with that fairly consistently, but just has a great enthusiastic viewpoint, and um, and that has what has gotten them through it. And and the reason it's top of mind for me is so they actually sent me a card to my home today. I got a card in the mail today to my home. I work from my home when I'm in Kansas City, and it was a thank you card for just walking them through those small, teeny, tiny little adverse elements that they're dealt with, and they've been dealt with on a regular basis. It's almost like they're a magnet to adversity. And Chuck, I guarantee you that if I, you know, if anybody who's listening to this right now would literally like in the privacy of their own office or home or wherever they listen to, would raise their hand if they're, if they're a victim of adversity, every single person that's listening to this should be raising their hand. So what are we going to do about it? We're going to try to tell right. the story. Exactly, and I think you know. I think this. Uh, I think the the germ of this podcast started two or three years ago when we were um, yeah. when we were at, at the Great Escape in the Bahamas, and I shared with you some news I'd learned about Vila and Sun Landscaping, and right. how this this once behemoth in the industry had um, had fallen, and um, but was willing. But Juan was Juan was willing to share his story, and willing to tell his story you remember, about. Do you, remember, do you remember what I told you? You I do. You, you got that was in, you got goosebumps. That was in that was in February. That was in February. Right. I, was, I don't remember what year, but that was in February. We were at the Planet's um, Great Escape or whatever it's called. Um, executive Forum. I get confused anymore because I go to so many events. And I had I had seen Juan what one month earlier. Remember that? And I told you I go, boy, this makes a lot of sense. And I won't right. go into the reasons why. But I mean, I had spent some time with them in a very social setting with the industry. We we're paying homage to you know someone that we all love and respect in the industry. And I had noticed pieces and elements of that. And I was so glad that he had shared that with you. And then I was obviously you know glad that you were able to tell that story. I think on the April cover of On Landscape Magazine or you know some subsequent right. month, you were able to interview um, you know Juan Carlos and visit with him and share his story with the masses. And and my immediate response to you via email, I could find the email was thank you so much for sharing that story because the industry needs to hear it. Right. And I and I got a lot of that once we ran that story. I got a lot of other um, I got about a lot of other letters that were very similar to that saying. Um, and we got the same thing when we did the story uh, when Phil Saros wrote that great story this um, this August about how stressed he feels running his business and how he sometimes feels trapped in as the owner of this legitimately successful business, but um, you know, just dealing with uh, he 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 suffered some health problems uh, as a result of a lot of the stress and um, and feelings of of being overwhelmed. Uh, that I think you know another eighty thousand guys out in the industry all feel at some point during the day. Um, and got a ton of letters again saying, thank you so much for writing about this. Thank you so much for sharing this. I feel the exact same way, and no one else will talk about it. And right. You know, I think, uh, you know, I think magazines in general, not in in the industry necessarily, but in general, try to portray this this perfect life or this perfect this perfection that you, somehow is attainable usually by buying some kind of product. Um, but I think, you know, my goal with Lawn and Landscape Magazine is to is a bit of the opposite is is to make people feel less alone and make people feel as part of they're in part of a they're in a bit of a fraternity and there's a lot of other people willing to help them and Again, that's what these conversations are about. That's what our story about Juan is about. Um, mm -hmm. That 
what you're going through is is there's nothing new under the sun, right? It's that that your client's problem with his bank is a problem that thousands of other guys have gone through or are going through now. Like you said, um, anybody could raise their hand now and say, "I've I've I, I have a problem." Sure, but um, like you said, it's it's often a conversation that takes place at the bar, not necessarily in front of a bunch of people, um, where it's going to be uh, most helpful. So my goal is to get some more of that conversation taking place here on our internet phone calls, and then you know the pages of the Landscape Magazine, and and getting those out into the world. So uh, awesome, great! I think it's I think it's I think it's stellar. I I'm a you know, I've been talking about it for you and I've been talking for a long time, and the the challenge you know just especially in this introductory um, you know call, the challenge that we've had is how do we tell these stories. Uh, because most people don't want to, you know, don't want to share them themselves. And so, you know, for me, I can sit there and talk, you know, some from some some sense of anonymity, you know, because I haven't revealed where this, com you know, where this company is or who they are right. or where they're from right, right. or you know what they do or any of their revenue pieces. I haven't revealed any of that. Um, and to be able to tell that story in an anonymous way, and I can assure every single person on this call, every detail that I just shared was, you know, was absolutely exactly what happened. And, and the owner of this business knows I'm telling this story because he said, he goes, Jason, I, people need to hear what happened to me. And I said, do I have permission to tell the story? And he goes, Jason, you absolutely do. Just, just try to, you know, keep it anonymous. So I think that that is, you know, a key piece and ingredient of us just continuing to tell that story. And, and by the way, I mean, you know, I would just encourage people that are, you know, hearing this that, you know, if they want to, you know, share that story with you, you know, confidentially, you will absolutely listen to it. Um, I will listen to it. I'm not, trust me, I'm not looking for work. I'm simply saying that if somebody wants to share something and they want it to be, you know, revealed in this medium, then I, I think you and I would be very open to trying to tell people's stories because I think it's just something that is so important that we need to hear these skeletons in the closet. I know I wish I heard them. And that was one of the things that when I was involved, well, I'm still involved in Planet Leadership, but when I was a contractor, I loved the fact that the networking that I was able to do in the industry exposed me to some of the, you know, some of the folks that are my greatest friends you know, in the entire world. And we did talk about this when we went to dinner or when we were on the phone. We did talk about it. You know, but I know right. that a lot of people out there don't have those resources. And so we've got to open those floodgates a little bit and give people the opportunity you know, to, uh, um, you know, to, to know that they're not alone in some of these elements. Absolutely. And I think, and I think too, that's what – how do I want to say this? That's um, that kind of that kind of feeling is is a lot of what what I get when we run those stories is guys writing in who run who run three hundred thousand dollar companies or less who it's they spend all day alone in their truck or and they they run the mower or they run the the skid steer and they're in the truck and they're their only interaction is with clients that they're selling and then at home with their spouse and. You know, they may or may not have employees, and you know, you don't want to tell your employees that you're so stressed out you think you might lose the business. Um, and just, just again, making people feel less alone, um, and that that their problems are not as impossible as they may seem. So, sure, yeah, you bet. Awesome. Every little, every little bit helps. Cool, man. Well, thank you for sharing that story. Uh, we'll get on, we'll get on a call again, again, uh, again soon, and. And, uh, and hopefully hear some more. Sounds perfect. That's great. Cool. Awesome. Thanks, thanks so much, Chuck.